Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. It is your wonderful host, Cody Krause, here with my co-host, Devin. Devin, how are we this week? We're good. We're good. Excited to be back recording another episode for everybody out there listening. We appreciate you guys. Love the support. Um, Keep doing it. Tell your friends. Tell your moms. Tell your dads. Tell everybody you got to listen to our podcast because we are definitely not as knowledgeable as other people out there. Yeah. Agreed, 100%. Um, so, you probably haven't heard from us in a while. We had some technological issues with last week's episode, which is a bummer because we really enjoyed it. We interviewed Colin Seymour, current personal trainer, former uh, football player for Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. But uh, we will get that episode up soon. And in there, we also addressed some free agency news from last week. So keep an eye out for that, but we will get going here this week with free agency news as well as um, NFC South draft capsules, uh, which will be more like off-season capsules, just with where we're at in the off-season, but uh, looking forward to some good conversation, and yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Cody, why don't we kick this off with some news um, and headlines from around the league last week. Um, Again, we went over a lot of other stuff the week before in the interview episode, like the Devontae Adams trade, all of that kind of stuff is in that episode. So if we miss anything that we haven't talked about before, it's because it's in that episode. First off, the overtime rule was changed for the playoffs only to allow for both teams to have a possession. In the in overtime, I still I still wish they would change it for the regular season. I'm not big on ties, but yeah, I I, I get what you're saying there. It kind of gets rid of the whole thing that happened with the Chargers and the Raiders last year and that week seven or week eighteen game. Um, but I mean, the last overtime rule we saw happen um, was changed in the playoffs to start, and then like two years later, it was it leaked its way into the regular season. So. I am guessing and I'm optimistic that we will see that exact same thing happen either in the next year or two. Um, I, I bet it comes into the regular season as long as it works in the postseason. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the rule, for those that don't know, the rule was essentially both teams will get the ball, um, and if one team is in the lead after that first possession then by each team, then that team wins. Otherwise, it's next score after that. So I guess that doesn't necessarily eliminate ties. The fact that it's in the playoffs eliminates ties. So, um, but I would like to see some sort of change to the regular season rule also, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. If it even comes into effect this postseason, um, and then see if they continue to roll it out, what kind of feedback they get, uh, this year. Um, in other news, uh, pretty big blockbuster trade. The chiefs just could not come to a, agreement with Tyreek Hill on what a future contract would look like. So they thought it best to uh, cut ties. So they unloaded him to the Miami Dolphins, who are making the moves this offseason, but uh, definitely gave up some draft capital to get it. Um, They gave up a first, a second, and a fourth this year, as well as a fourth and a sixth next year. Um, So five picks for Tyreek Hill. Uh, and then the Dolphins proceeded to make Hill the highest paid wide receiver in football with a four year, $120 million deal. 
I'm a big hater of this. I do not think that – I'm sorry. I do not think that that man deserves to be the highest-paid receiver in football. Yeah, I think – look, I'm not, I'm not bashing Tyreek Hill in any way. He's an excellent receiver. He's really good. But I he's think really he, fast. I think he really, really benefited from the system that Kansas City was able to put together. And I think he really, really benefited from the play of Patrick Mahomes. And I think Patrick Mahomes had the exact opposite. I think he really benefited from Tyreek Hill being there. It was just that offense that worked so cohesively and so well together. And I don't know that he finds the same success that he did in Kansas City in Miami with Tua as their quarterback. Well, I mean, he's that typical speed burner wide receiver. And... Mahomes was able to exploit that with his arm. Like there was so many plays over the last few years where Hill just gets behind everybody with his speed, and Mahomes just throws the ball down there because he knows Tyreek's going to be down there. Literally, right. literally can be quoted as saying as such. And I don't think that Tua necessarily is that guy, but I mean, I do think that there. You mean you see plays where Tyreek just outruns everybody over the middle and just outruns everybody in the end zone. You'll see that. And I mean, Jalen Waddle's fast too, but I just don't think that that's necessarily the quarterback to accentuate the speed that those two really have. But definitely between those two, Gesicki, uh, Devontae Parker, I believe, is still down there. Um, they signed uh, Chase Edmonds this offseason too. Definitely doing their best to give Tua some weapons. Uh, and some protection. They also, perhaps the biggest free agency signing of the week, right after we talked about it on last week's episode, they uh, signed Taron Armstead to a five-year, $75 million deal. So uh, probably the biggest offensive line free agent of the eh, – Cam Robinson, I guess, was a free agent, but then got re-signed, but um, headed to Miami. Um, so Miami's out there making moves yes, for sure. they are, yeah. Um, I still don't know that they compete with Buffalo. I think they're they're closing the gap on New England. I think them and New England have a, a decent shot at second place in that division, as long as Tua can actually play football up to his ability and what he was expected to do when he was drafted. I don't think if Tua has a bad year, I don't see him being the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in the future, especially with Mike McDaniel there as quarter at um, the head coach position. He didn't draft Tua. Tua is not part of this regime in Miami. So if he doesn't perform up to their standards, they could easily look for another another way out, another route there at quarterback. So this is kind of a make-it-or-break-it year for Tua, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if if you don't perform well with these guys around you, uh, you're probably not the guy for that system and that team. Exactly. Um, so, But the Chiefs, knowing the system that they run uh, – had to go and find another speed burner. Uh, so they went and signed Mark Quez Valdez-Scantling to a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, I mean, you see Rodgers take the top off with him on a regular basis. I see Mahomes doing the same thing. Um, but another new weapon in that Kansas City locker room, uh, I saw a tweet after that hill trade of uh, Nicole Hardman, uh, a meme of walking into an empty room, uh, he uh, more or less the only returning uh, regular starter from last year uh, after they lost Pringle and Demarcus Robinson and Tyreek Hill. Hardman's kind of the the standard bearer for that offense, but he's got Juju now and he's got MVS um, and, of course, still Travis Kelsey, who 
Uh, so, Dev, over under like 3,000 yards for Kelsey next year, about <laughs> 300 targets or so? Uh, I mean, no, but yes, at the same time. I I don't know what to expect of this offense now. I think it will be more of the same, but I'm very, very curious about where Tyreek Hill's ta- uh, target share is going to go because they've got those three receivers in Hardman, Juju, and now Valdez Scantling, but none of them are nearly as good as Tyreek Hill. McCole Hardman is probably the most similar to Tyreek Hill's type, but as the third the third receiver on that team, he never really performed up to the standards that were expected when he was drafted. So I'm, I don't really know what to think of this offense. I think they'll do well because it's Kansas city. They're always going to be a good team um, with Andy Reid as head coach, Pat Mahomes leading the helm. And of course, Travis Kelsey at tight end, he's impossible to guard. So I, yeah, I don't know what my expectations are really, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with Kelsey is, I mean, I think, as the guy with the most returning chemistry with Mahomes, I think he'll get probably an increase in the already large amount of targets that he got. But the issue that I see is now you don't have Tyreek sucking double teams. Uh, None of those guys that you just named really scream, hey, double me. So I would expect Kelsey to see a lot of double teams, which will probably make his life harder, I would venture to assume. Yeah, absolutely. In other news, the Vikings signed Zadarius Smith to a three-year, $42 million contract. So beefing up that defensive line, trying to compete in this division. And I think they have a good shot at doing that. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, interesting to see him just cross jump ship to the division rivals. Um, But definitely a piece, a good contract for a piece that I think will definitely uh, benefit that defense. I think he had a great year um, two years ago, and um, I don't think that he's definitely – I don't think he's on a decline or anything. I mean, I think he'll definitely contribute and be a good edge rusher for the Vikings this year, much to the chagrin of his former teammates. Uh, I know once he got signed, he tweeted something like, meet me at the quarterback, and Kenny Clark <laughs> tweeted, a, tweeted a picture of – uh, him and Zadarius sacking Kirk Cousins, but now he'll be chasing after Aaron Rodgers. So, um, love to see it. Love to see those solid pass rushers chasing after Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, it'll be a it'll be an interesting year in that division. Um, let's move on. Let's go over some of our draft breakdowns and free agent signings that these teams have had. Let's go ahead and start it off with Carolina. Um, they've done some in-house work. They extended DJ Moore three years, um, got $62 million roughly in new money, um, and he is under contract until 2025. Cody, I know you're disappointed about that. What do you, what do you think? Do, is DJ Moore worth over $20 million a year? I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he has shown that he's got a lot of talent, He, which is impressive considering – the lack of quarterback play that he's gotten to experience um, definitely deserve can be their number one receiver for years to come. And I think deserves to get paid like it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They also <coughs> re-signed another wide receiver, Brandon Zilstra in free agency. They got 
Deontay Jackson back, which was important. I think he was a very, very solid cornerback last year for them. I think he'll continue to do so, and it crosses off another need that would have come about if he had walked to another team. Three years, $31.5 million on that contract. And then another safety, Sean Chandler, to a one-year contract as well. And then I would say their biggest signing in free agency outside of those um, in-house ones was probably Bradley Bozeman out of uh, Baltimore, the center. He signed a one-year deal. And then Xavier Woods would come up second for me. Three years, 15, almost $16 million. The safety coming over from Minnesota, who I expected to re-sign with the team, but ultimately left and is now in Carolina. Yeah, and I mean, one thing for them that kind of stands out in their free agent uh, additions, losses, stuff like that, for me is that defensive line spot. I feel like Carolina has always kind of been that team that has had like kind of that one defensive lineman that you know. Uh, I feel like this last year was kind of Daquan Jones, who they lost, and then before that it was Kawan Short. Uh, You have Charles Johnson, Greg Hardy. Um, So you have these guys that kind of are key roles for them. Um, Obviously, Luke Keekly was a linebacker, but on that D-line. So I really like the Matthew Iannidis signing. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I don't necessarily think he's top tier elite, but I think he's a great role player on that defensive line. And I could see him being a good, uh, mentor for a potentially a rookie. If they choose to go that way in the draft, I could see them going that way in the draft for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one year contract that he signed kind of speaks for itself. It's more of a, either you're going to be really good for us and we're going to extend you in the year or we're going to re-sign you after this year or if you don't perform up to our standards we're going to let you go and we're going to let the rookie we draft this year or next year replace you so like you said he could be a very good mentor for that rookie that comes in if they decide to go that route or if he's if he does really well this year they might extend him or re-sign him for another two or three years and then go from there i think edge is also um, a position that they could look at this year especially drafting number six overall they could fill that role or they could fill the linebacker role if they decide to trade down, maybe get Devin Lloyd or something like that. But they also have a huge glaring need for quarterback. And it's really hard for me to say that one of these quarterbacks in this draft deserves to be picked in the top 10, because I frankly don't believe it. I think there is so much other talent in this draft that quarterback does not need to be reached inside the top 10 to get. I think If Carolina really, really wanted a quarterback in the first round, they need to try to find a taker for their number six pick and trade back because there's no teams close behind them that have a glaring need at quarterback, especially with Washington trading out of the uh, or trading for Carson Wentz and Atlanta signing Marcus Mariota to a two year deal. Neither of them need to take a quarterback in the first round, especially given this draft class. So Carolina should not panic and take a quarterback at number six. They should look for other options there. They should take best best available if that's um, a route. I understand why they would panic, especially with Matt Rule being on a, um, this is your last year, you need to win some games or you're done. I'm shocked that they even let him stay this year, to be honest. He has not won very many games in his tenure there. And the ownership has given him one more shot. And a rookie, a flashy rookie quarterback could be, um, what most people think is going to be the easiest route for wins, but bolstering up the rest of that team 
is very much so a better option, especially given the quarterback talent in this draft. Yeah, I mean, they glaring needs on that offense, and I think it starts, like you said, with quarterback. They were 29th in points for, 30th in yards uh, against, or yards for, sorry, second in yards against um, as a team last year. Um, but then that goes to 29th in passing and 20th in rushing. Um, you would assume that that 20th in rushing would be bolstered by a healthy Christian McCaffrey, but definitely um, a team that can needs needs improvement in the passing game. Um, and honestly, I think, like you said, Matt Rule has just been a beneficiary of an ever-evolving quarterback situation that can kind of be a fallback of, oh, this is my first year with this guy is leading my team. Um, like you have with Sam Darnold this last year. But... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to jump back a, a little bit because we missed a free agent signing. Um, the Minnesota Vikings have signed Patrick Peterson to a one-year, $4 million deal. Um, you like you like that. Yeah. They, they could use some cornerback help. It's just bring up that defense. They got Zadarius Smith. They're getting Patrick Peterson. I'm telling you, they're going to give Green Bay a run for their money at that number one spot in the NFC North. But anyway, let's go back to Carolina. They do have some draft capital. I mean, they've got a first round pick number six, and then that's about it. I'm kidding. They don't have a lot of draft capital. Um, they've got a first round, and then they don't pick until day three in round four, and they've got five picks that day. Those picks usually don't hit. Sometimes you see them. Um, it usually takes a couple of years for those players to develop. That's really what you're looking for in day three picks is the raw talent that you think can develop in your system. Um but outside of that number one, around one pick, six overall, there's not a whole lot that they have to look for the draft in May. Yeah, so very clearly a desperate need to make that draft pick count in order to return to a degree of relevancy in that division. Yeah, absolutely. They, they need to trade down. Carolina is the one team in this draft that really, really needs to trade down out of that number six overall pick because they need a quarterback. They don't want to reach for him. If Ahmad Gardner is there at six, I could easily see a cornerback needy team trading up to get him because of the talent that Sauce provides. And then Carolina gets a host of picks in return from this year's draft. And then Matt Rule can use those picks to develop his offense, to develop his defense, and maybe sign a ticket to being the Carolina Panthers head coach for another year or two. If they don't do that, I don't I don't know that Matt Rule's the coach in 2023. Yeah, completely agree. Um, we'll move forward from that to another newly quarterback needy team in the Atlanta Falcons, uh, coming off a seven and ten year last year, but um, without a quarterback. Uh, I would say without a bell cow running back, I would say without a relevant wide receiver, um, <laughs> a, a team that needs offensive help and a team that's defense isn't necessarily the greatest either. Yeah, absolutely. They have a lot of needs. Um, they do have some draft capital. They've got a first round pick, a couple second round picks, a third, 
fourth, fifth, sixth, and another sixth. So they've got some draft capital to work with. I mean, like we said, this is a pretty talent-heavy class in a lot of positions. So those four picks in the first two days could come in handy. I mean, they have four picks in the top 75. That's pretty good. Um, so we'll see what their front office can do with those. Um, biggest addition is definitely Marcus Mariota. Um, signed a two-year deal. In 2022, he's getting six and a half, or almost $7 million. And in 2023, he's got an option that Carolina can choose to take, which would be giving him $12 million. This is kind of telling to me in the fact that they don't think Mariota is going to be their quarterback next year. Because, I mean, you're signing him to a $6 million deal this year. And you're going to double that next year. I don't think Mariota's really a $12 million quarterback. I think um, he kind of showed that in Tennessee. I mean, maybe he's improved in his backup time in Las Vegas. But I think this kind of tells where they're leaning towards in this draft. I think they could take a quarterback in the first round or even second round. I think they would have to trade back kind of like Carolina if they wanted to take a quarterback. Eight overall is kind of high for these quarterback guys. Um, but, I mean, Sam Howell... Um, you might see Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter fall to round two, and they have an early round two selection, so they could easily take one of those three guys in round two and get one of these top-tier wide receivers like Drake London in this year's draft at number eight overall. Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, they were a team that was 26th in points on offense and 29th in points given up. And then it flips 29th in yards on offense and 26th in points given up. They're just a team that needs more spark. Um, and I think right now that just looks like what does the future look like at this point? Uh, clear, I clearly, I'm not buying into Mariota as the future at quarterback. I'm not buying into Cordero Patterson and, uh, they just signed another running back too, correct? Yeah, Damian uh, Williams, one year and, deal. Uh, I'm not buying into those two at the future at running back. Um, and who knows when Calvin Ridley will get off the suspended list and what he'll be like when that happens. Um, so they just need to start the rebuild, and they they have the draft capital to do it to just start addressing some of these needs. Um, it, you in your count, Devin. I don't think you included the pick that they got for uh, Matt Ryan. So that's oh, another no. another pick in the first two days. I did not so, that. So yeah, another one. They could so, fill those offensive needs. They could fill wide receiver, quarterback, and running back in the first two days. Absolutely. There, there's some good talent at running back, and you could get them in the third, late second round, which is exactly what they have. They're going to fall there. They're not going to go in round one. I don't see them going early round two. So those running backs are going to be there for them if they need them, which, according to us, they do, because Cordero Patterson is more of a <coughs> utility player. He's not a full-fledged three-down back. He's just not built for it. But he, he would definitely benefit from having a bell cow at running back because he could go out wide. He could take snaps. He could He could do so much if he's not the person playing every single down for this team. And I think that's kind of what they signed Damian Williams for. Maybe that third down role to take Patterson off of the field, give him a little bit of a break, but you really need a true running back 
one to let Cordell Patterson be that fill-in utility guy. And that's the position that he really succeeds at. We saw that last year and how well he did. And then they also need that wide receiver. Kaderil Hodge, Auden Tate, they're not it. They lost Russell Gage. Um, like you said, they're, I mean, the suspension with everything, Calvin Ridley, that's not going to produce anything this year. So there's so much talent wide receiver. Like I said, Drake London. You've got Jamison Williams. He's coming off of an ACL tear. But Chris Olave out of Ohio State, there's so much talent at wide receiver that, I mean, they're going to be there at pick eight in the first round. Or they could trade back if there's another team that wants to jump up. If they find an offer that they like that gives them another draft piece, go for it. Take that wide receiver, pick 13 or whatever. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff that Atlanta and Carolina both, both of those teams that we've already talked about, can easily do in this draft to help them succeed next year right away. Yeah, Deb, what do you think about Jarvis Landry to the Falcons? I think if Deshaun Watson went to Atlanta, Jarvis Landry would Jarvis Landry would immediately look for a spot on that roster. I still think it would be a good fit for him. I mean, he's a veteran talent, and you're going to bring in young guys to um, develop behind him, and he would be a great teacher for them. Marcus Mariota isn't a long-term starter for this team, but he is a very capable starter. I mean, he can do what they need him to do. Um so, yeah, I mean, I would like to see Jarvis Landry go to Atlanta. I think he would be a good fit there. Um, and they're definitely wide receiver needy. We've been over that. Yeah, I mean, none of those wide receivers that kind of were still on the board last week have come off the board. Um, and I think he's the only one really without, like, significant injury concerns, I would say. So, yeah, it was definitely a thought in my head that seemed like a reasonable fit for them. Yeah. They also re-signed offensive tackle Jake Matthews, or I guess they extended him three years worth $52.5 million. So that that fills another need um, for the long term, especially. Um, Casey Hayward, I like this signing. Cornerback, two years, $11 million, goes in that backfield well. Um, and then they also re-signed Isaiah Oliver to another one-year term. So they've got, they've got some good defensive backs. I don't necessarily think it's a heavy need this year in the draft but i mean it could be a day two day three um addition to see how they develop in that system yeah i mean they gave up 40 sacks last year that's not great i do think keeping matthews was a good move for them could definitely see them at trying to add another piece potentially um Mm -hmm. like like we've said previously deep drafted offensive line a lot of picks in those first two days for them potentially the trade back to get more even um, definitely a piece that they could address there also to try and protect uh, Mariota uh, who has had um, he has even though he has the ability to escape the pocket um, still needs that protection that they didn't necessarily give Matt Ryan this last year yeah absolutely I know it's not flashy but a trade back to take Charles Cross uh, Tyler Penning or not Tyler, sorry, Trevor Penning out of um, University of Northern Iowa, UNI, or even Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. All three of those are late first-round offensive linemen who could be plug-and-play starters for this team, or for any team for that matter. Absolutely. What What do you think their biggest loss is on this team in free agency? For the future of the team or right now? Give me both. 
I mean, I mean, right now, Matt Ryan. I mean, I think the drop off. I'm sorry, I'm just not buying Marcus Mariota. Um, I think the drop off from from A to B. I mean, I think before this year. I mean, Ryan's getting up there in age, but I think had he stayed there, I would have said they had the second best quarterback situation currently for right now. Um, futures is a whole nother scenario. I don't know that any of these teams have a great quarterback for the future situation right now but uh yeah past the next two years but uh i think that that drops them honestly probably to fourth in my eyes uh and i think it's going to make it tough for them to compete i mean they're in a division tampa bay is going to score points um uh new orleans has got a great defense and they brought Jameis Winston back. Uh, which, the proof will be in the pudding there. We haven't seen him <laughs> past a few Five games with that team. But um, I, I just think that, I mean, the only Falcon. I'm going to be honest, the only Falcons game I watched last year was the game where they got trounced by the Cowboys, and I see them suffering similar fates to potentially even worse teams than the Cowboys were last year, this year. Yeah, I can see it. Um, uh, not, but not looking bright this year for the Falcons. We'll see how they do in the draft. Um, to be honest, this is easily locked as Tampa Bay's division. I don't see any of the other three teams actually making the playoffs. I mean, maybe New Orleans, depending on how the rest of the NFC falls. But Tampa Bay's easily taken this this division, without a doubt. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a big Russell Gage fan. Um, none of these stand out to me as huge losses. Um, I mean, Hayden Hurst, I think, has is talent, but they have pits. Um, I mean, Gage, Dante Fowler, but I feel like Dante Fowler has been around a while. Um, I'd probably say Fowler overall for biggest loss, but none of these are sticking out as, man, that's really going to hurt that team uh, going forward. Uh I just think Matt Ryan hurts him right now bad. Yeah, 100%. Marcus Mario is definitely just a placeholder for whoever they take in this year or next year. Um, so we shall see how that lands. Let's move on to New Orleans. Like we said earlier, they re-signed Jameis Winston to a two-year $28 million deal. I think about 12, 14 of that is guaranteed. And they also brought in Andy Dalton to be his backup on a one-year $3 million deal. And... I mean, I think they've declared that Taysom Hill is going to step out of his role as that weird plug-in randomly quarterback. I think he's going to focus more on the tight end position for this team. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, I think I do expect – there's no way that you have him and don't let him throw the ball here and there, but I don't think he'll be a, a quarterback for them. Going forward, I expect him to lose his dual designation in fantasy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're a team that struggled to find their offensive identity last year after Winston got hurt, I feel like. I mean, we saw flashes, though. I mean, they beat Tampa Bay twice. They beat the, they killed Green Bay week one. Um, I mean, that defense... Uh, Pulling it up here. 
They're fourth in scoring and seventh in yards. Fourteenth uh, in passing yards, fourth in rushing yards. Um, that defense is stout. I do worry about them losing Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Marcus Williams at safety. That isn't great, but I like the Marcus May replacement there for sure. Um, but I expect that defense to be stout. Um, it's just can that offense find their identity. And a lot of it, I think, will come down to Winston's play. And I don't know. I'm skeptical. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with a new head coach. Um, we will see how that goes. Can we talk about how far in the background Alvin Kamara getting arrested has fallen this offseason just with the amount of crazy stuff that has happened? Alvin Kamara was arrested during the Pro Bowl or right after. And it hasn't been talked about since then. We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. We don't I don't actually know that I've followed up to see if he was officially charged with anything. But the NFL still may suspend him. We don't know what is going to happen. I don't know if the NFL has come out and said, no, you're not going to be suspended. We've done our investigation thoroughly and it's complete. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, you've also got the whole drama that happened this last year with Michael Thomas. We're not quite sure what's going on there. Still kind of up in the air whether Michael Thomas plays for this team. Um, I think more than likely he will, but he's also been kind of injured the last year or two. Um, so we'll see what comes about that. But you've got Michael Thomas and Marquez Callaway as the number one and two receivers, and then they re-signed Traquan Smith to a two-year, $6 million deal. So a second wide receiver wouldn't be bad for this team in any sense, in my opinion. I completely agree. Um, an update on Kamara. So his hearing got postponed to April 25th, so the end of this upcoming month. Uh, and this uh, headline was three weeks ago. So I probably wouldn't really expect much more on him for another month until that hearing comes through. Um, right right in front of the weeks. draft, too. Alvin Kamara gets convicted. Do the Saints draft a running back? Cody, what do you think? Let's just speculate for a minute. Um, my g- initial gut would say yes. I would think so. They don't. I mean, Mark Ingram is a capable filler um, back. You know, give the give the RB one a breather. But he's. I mean, we've seen his decline in the last year or two, especially last year. He was not playing up to the level that he was in Baltimore the year before that. Tony Jones Jr., definitely not the answer. So they, if if Alvin Kamara is not on this team next year, they're definitely going to need somebody else to replace him because the running backs that they currently have on the roster are not it. But that's all speculation. Alvin Kamara very well could be starting for this team week one. We don't really know. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, though. His last full season in New Orleans, wasn't Ingram a Pro Bowl? Or didn't they both go to the Pro Bowl that year? His last full season in New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah, but that was like three or four years ago. Right, but I'm saying part of it is, I mean, when's the last time a running back did, a single running back did well in Baltimore? When's the last time a single running back did well in Houston? I'm just saying it could be a product of the system. Granted, it'll be interesting to see how much the system changes. Uh, I mean, kept Dennis Allen in-house as the new head coach, so... 
I'm not expecting a ton of change, but without Sean Payton there, I think there will be some change. But I do think that potential to have a a lead Ingram could do fine in a lead role in that system, I think, for at least another year. Okay, I see what you're saying. But so, that's not that, that's not to say they shouldn't draft a running back to potentially look to replace him or help him out. Right. Absolutely. So the Saints have the no, overall number 18 pick in this draft. What do you think that they do with that? I mean, they re-signed Jameis Winston. So do you think that they draft his successor in this in this spot? Or do you think they just kind of roll with him and Andy Dalton? I think they – I don't necessarily think that they're committed to him, but I think they roll with him because I think – that there are other needs that they can address with that pick. Um, I mean, they were last in passing offense this last year. They need to develop that passing identity, and Winston is a throw-the-ball-down-the-field quarterback. Um, like you said, with Thomas is the question mark. I think they need another wide receiver. I see them going wide receiver um, early, potentially with that first uh, first-round pick. I don't yeah. think I don't think it'll be quarterback. I mean, any of these wide receivers that are going to be taken in the first round would be great. Drake London, you got Chris Olave, like I mentioned before, um, Jamison Williams. But again, I don't know that he plays for the first half of the season, probably, especially with a torn ACL as late as he had it. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Um, so many names. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. All of these guys would be great picks um, pretty much for any team that takes them. But I, I really like Chris Olave here if he falls. Um, to number 18, where New Orleans is picking. He would be a great fit with that offense. And then, I mean, if Michael Thomas is back, you got Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, and those are going to be two studs at wide receiver for Jameis Winston to huck the ball to. I also see them uh, looking to replace Taron Armstead in this draft. Yeah, another another good fit, like I said um, earlier, with any of these late Offensive lineman, I mean, Trevor Penning would be a great fit at offensive tackle for them. You've also got Charles Cross. If he falls, he's been playing offensive tackle for four years. Um, with Mississippi State, so those guys would be good fits at offensive tackle to replace um, Taron Armstead. And definitely a cheaper option, cheaper and younger. So... We talked about three teams with a lot of question marks that we don't seem too sold on their success in the immediate future. Let's move to perhaps the only block of of likely success here being uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, biggest I mean, person in free agency. I. I mean, he came out of retirement, but everybody kind of expected that he would. He definitely got bored, and he lasted, what, 40 days in retirement. Uh, Tom Brady rejoins the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the next year. Um, I think he's actually on contract for the next two. Um, yeah, I mean, that that took them from out of the running of anything in the NFC to Super Bowl contenders for the NFC, essentially. I mean, that happened, and you get... Ryan Jensen back. You've got Chris Godwin on contract for the next three years. You get Russell Gage coming to the Falcons as their wide receiver three because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are already on the team. That is a crazy good wide receiver room, and I'm very excited to watch it play out this year. Yeah, and I mean, they keep Rashad Perriman there. 
as far as I know, they still have Scoot Miller, who seemed to develop some chemistry with Brady. Um, and I like Leonard Fournette. And now that Ronald Jones isn't there, I mean, I do think just he, about to say this. They finally I, I, cemented somebody at RB for them. Right. I I think I do think uh, Keyshawn Vaughn will have a role, but I think Leonard Fournette is your bell cow, and he showed that he can excel in that role uh, this last year. Health is always an issue for him, it seems like, but as long as he can stay healthy, um, man, they that offense is. They lost a couple. They lost Alex Kappa um, on that offensive line, but then they traded for Shaq Mason, a very good replacement from New England. That offense is going to be fine. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. They've, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady coming back was pretty much everything that this team really needed to be contenders again. Um, it brought other people back, like we said. Um, and yeah, Leonard Fournette re-signing. I mean, he signed a three-year deal, so they're committed to Leonard Fournette. They're not like, yeah, you get another one year. We'll sign you for one year, and then we'll see how it works down the road. He's their guy for the next three years. And I love that Ronald Jones is now with Kansas City. I, actually, I'm just happy he's not on Tampa Bay anymore because that backfield was always so messy, and you never really wanted to touch it, especially in fantasy. And we'll talk more about fantasy down the line here in the summer months. But now it's like clear cut. Leonard Fournette is the guy in that backfield, and you, and you traded for Shaq Mason to be up front in that line for him. You also re-signed Josh Wells and Aaron Stinney. Both of those are going to be depth pieces at um, line there. But you got Ryan Jensen back as soon as Tom Brady announced he wasn't retiring anymore. He was like, "Okay, I'm coming back to New England because I want to contend for another ring," and that's exactly what he did. You've also got Tristan Wirfs there at right tackle. I mean, this this line has definitely gotten upgrade this offseason. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, they they were the number one. I mean, Brady led the league in passing touchdowns and passing yards. They were the number one uh, passing team uh, this last year. They were around 20, I want to say it was 21, rushing. Uh, but, I mean, I think that's just – Correction, excuse me, 26th in rushing yards. But part of part of me is when your passing is that good, you're passing the ball a lot. And they, uh, I don't know, I feel like they had the ability to rush the ball well, and they're not rushing. I mean, Brady's going to control the game and pass all he wants, so they're rushing to con- like for ball control and for game management, not, I feel like, to – Really, I'm not scared by that 26th overall rushing defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I think they'll upgrade that in the draft. Um, I think that's going to be kind of the position that they target is on that defensive line. Um, you've got Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia that might be there. You've got Jordan Davis. I don't know that Jordan Davis actually falls this far, but if he does, he should be an immediate, yep, we're going to take him from Tampa Bay. Um, they're set at wide receiver. They don't need any of that. They're pretty much set on offensive line. Um, I don't really see another safety that they could target, but they kind of fixed that in free agency. Um, they lost Jordan Whitehead to the Jets in free agency. He signed a two-year, $14.5 million contract with them. But then they turned around and they got Ryan Logan from New York. So, or from the Giants, I should say, not just New York. Um, 
he was kind of a draft bust for New York, but we will see how he fares in Tampa Bay. Um, it's definitely a better overall team. You've got better talent around you on that defense. Um, so we'll see what Ryan Logan does, uh, or Logan Ryan. I'm not quite sure if they draft some guy to see and contest for that spot. But if they don't, then they're they're fine with Logan Ryan being there. Yeah, and I mean, so, I mean, you kind of jumped there from uh, from offense to defense, but, uh, I mean, they were stout. They were the third best rushing defense. I mean, when you have Devin Bush and Levante David, man, in those interior run-stopping linebacker positions, you're going to be a good run defense. But they did take some hits at that defensive line, losing JPP, losing Will Golston, losing Indomitian Sue. Um, and didn't necessarily have any replacements there. So I could definitely see them going um, going D-line early. Uh, their pass defense wasn't great, and they have a good secondary. So they re-signed Carlton Davis. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. is there. Um, I could see them going for like a, pa- a pass rush D-lineman, but just a D-lineman to fill some of those holes that they lost with some of those older veterans, JPP and Sue. Um, and another thing to keep an eye on with them for me is tight end. They told Gronk, they gave Gronk the offer to come back. Um, if he doesn't, they lost OJ Howard too. So they that becomes an immediate need for them, in my opinion. Not like they need more weapons on that offense, but they need a tight end on that offense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I mean, we've seen what Cameron Brake can do. For the past however many years, and it's not a whole lot. He hasn't really succeeded the way they anticipated he would. But there's a lot of talent, um, especially with Trey McBride at that tight end position. And they've got a round two and a round three pick. And he could go there, and he would be a pretty good fit for this offense. He's a great run blocker. And then you got him in the passing game as well, which, let's all admit, Tom Brady does not need another weapon to throw to. But it wouldn't hurt him. Right. So... A team that should is set for ups for success right now, but can definitely um, address a couple of those needs: uh, D line, uh, tight end, uh, and get back maybe secondary also, and then just return to their prominence in the NFC. So, Dev, we do this every time. Um, I don't think I need to ask who's going to get first in this division. Uh, maybe the over-under on how many games they win the division by. But how do you see the rest of this division shaking out after Tampa Bay is the obvious one spot? Yeah, Tampa Bay, obvious one, and then the other three are just going to be tied for second. With, with no, approximately, I'm, I'm kidding. With, with I, approximately what record? <laughs> I don't know, 3-15? 3-14? and 14? <laughs> This is going to be atrocious. I think... I mean, Tampa Bay is going to sweep this division unless they play one of them in week 18 and they rest everybody because they already locked in the number one or two seed and they just don't need to, they don't need to play them. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, seriously, I think New Orleans is probably the best bet at having number two in this division. But like I said, Tampa Bay is probably going to be the only team that makes the playoffs unless something crazy happens in the NFC and New Orleans actually stays in contention. But, I mean, New Orleans was technically in contention come week 18 last year. So anything can happen. Um, 
but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, New Orleans. And then because Marcus Mariota is better than Sam Darnold, I'm going to go with Atlanta and then Carolina. And I'm probably going to regret that. Oh, how you sleep, sir. <laughs> I'm going to go a little, a little different than that. I'm going to say, obviously, Tampa's one. I'm going to say y'all done forgot what Carolina looked like the first few weeks of the year last year. They looked like a team. And then Sam Darnold got hurt. They went, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. They went through the whole Cam Newton fiasco. <laughs> they ended up not great. But they started out like a bat out of hell. And I think that if they find that spark just long enough that they can be better than a uh, New Orleans team that is struggling to find their offensive identity, Part of that is part of my take on that is Alvin Kamara. I don't know that he's going to see the field this whole season. I think that's going to be a big blow to that offense. As good as that defense can be, I don't know that they can pick up all the slack for that offense. Jameis likes to turn the ball over. The defense is going to be on the field a lot. But you can give me them at third and give me the Falcons at fourth. But I think Carolina gets second in that division. Wow. Um, We will definitely agree to disagree there. Uh, I, I just don't know. These defenses in this division are actually pretty dang good. They've all beefed up their secondary, and I think that's definitely out of respect to Tom Brady and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. All three of the other teams have signed defensive backs in free agency. So they've only gotten better in their defensive back position, and that's just going to hurt Sam Darnold even more. Yes, you have Christian McCaffrey, but he hasn't seen the field for an entire season in two years. Granted, playing 17 games in the NFL is a very, very hard thing to do. Um, And Christian McCaffrey can do it, but I don't think he does. Granted, they signed Deontay Foreman to be right behind him, and he was definitely great in Tennessee filling in for Derrick Henry this last year. But I don't see Sam Darnold or any rookie quarterback competing in this division, um, no matter how good the other team or the other part of your team is, the defense, whatever. New Orleans has the better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Atlanta has a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, especially what we've seen in Matt Rule's system. Um, So I I think, especially if Atlanta upgrades that running back and wide receiver room, I think they're going to be better in the end, and so will New Orleans over Carolina. But we shall see, Cody. These are predictions for a reason. We know nothing about what is going to happen this year, and we are here for it. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And I tell you what. I am here for next week because guess who we get to talk about next week? Who is that, Cody? The AFC West. Perhaps, oh, dude. perhaps the greatest division ever assembled. <laughs> I have yet know. to see that. The season is not played out yet. We do not know what is going to come of this, but we could very well, for the first time in NFL history, see all four teams in a division make the playoffs. Would not surprise me in the slightest, but... Perhaps the four biggest movers this offseason, and we're going to get to talk about all of them in one giant episode next week. I cannot wait. Um, So y'all can look forward to that with us. Uh, Dev, any last words here? You may be excited for next week, and so am I. But I am even more excited to say that there is officially only 29 days until the NFL draft begins 
and the Steelers draft Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett with the number 20 overall pick? Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is just like Marcus Mariota. He has a placeholder in this offense. And Mike Tomlin actually loves this guy. I mean, he, when asked about Mitch Trubisky, he said he was the free agent who had the most wins out of everybody. Because he has a bunch of experience. He has playoff experience with a team that was built worse than the Pittsburgh Steelers are. I'm not going to go down this road, Cody. Do not get me started. We'll talk about the Steelers in a few weeks right before the draft. Go ahead with the outro. You know, I have no comment on that <laughs> last statement. We can get into that at some other time. I, will I definitely... told you not to get me started. You said his name. I definitely agree that their offense is better than the Bears' offense was at that time, but that Bears' defense during the Trubisky era, man, oh, baby. We're not going to get into this, Cody, but the Steelers have also been the sack leader in the NFL for, like, the last four years. Okay, T.J. Watt has been the sack leader in the NFL for the last We're not getting into this. I digress. Shut up. Outro time. Let the people go. With that said, please... Like, subscribe, follow, give us a five-star review on whatever your listening platform is. We appreciate your listens. Uh, Spread the word about us. We'd love to get more. Um, Even though, like we said, we don't know it all. We don't claim to know it all. We don't claim to know much, but we enjoy it. We hope you enjoy listening. Um, Send us an email, roughthepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Share it with Uh, everybody you know. Literally everybody, mothers, daughters, fathers, sons, grandmas, grandpas, cousins, second cousins, wives, grandma. Share it with everybody. Come on, people. Yes, and I will, going off of last week, I will leave you with some vitriol, some wisdom. In the words of Henry James, there are three things in human life that are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is is to keep roughing the podcast. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye.